You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chiefs Kingdom, welcome in to the latest, and should I say the last episode of the AP Draft Room podcast for the, the pre-draft season, I should say. Uh, you know, I guess there could be a recap episode. We'll see how it goes, but, uh, but we're, we're here. We're here on, on the show today to be talking NFL Draft for one of the last times um, before the draft kicks off in Kansas City a week from tonight. We're recording this on April 20th. Um, and I'm Ron Cobb, Jr., lead analyst at the site, as usual, hosting the show. I'm going to have a great interview with Eric Eager of Sumer Sports uh, in, in a little bit after after I get done with these guys. But as usual, I have Nate with me, as uh, Caleb with me. I guess I'm saying as usual, like we're talking on the AP Film Room. This isn't the AP Film Room. It just feels like it because th- these are the guys that, uh, that that join me on the YouTube show every week. But, but boys, I'm bringing you on today to, to wrap up draft season and, and really just kind of finalize all of our takes with a seven-round mock. Nate, how you feeling about that? Are you feeling good about uh, about breaking down a mock all seven rounds? Uh, day three might be a little more rough, but uh, <laughs> we'll no, get through it, it together. We'll get through it together. Yeah, it's fun to do. I I don't do a lot of mock drafts during the uh, draft season. It's, it's not my favorite thing. I, I don't mind them. Uh, I like seeing people do them and send them to me and stuff. But it's not a thing I do. But it's always fun to kind of do one before you know the drafts up. I'm sure I'll do maybe one or two next week. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. I kind of this season especially I haven't done as many mocks. Um, I don't know. It's just I, you know I I think at some point it's just it's kind of hard to judge, right, Caleb? Um, you know what kind of goes on. But are you feeling good about a, a, all seven rounds? Looking at all seven rounds of a Chiefs mock? Yeah, I, I think I did. I think this year I did my first mock like the week after, maybe like the week the day after the parade, maybe. So I'm I do too many mock drafts. Um, Honestly, I've done less as we've gotten closer to time just because, you know, right. we've all been busy writing and everything, but definitely going to knock out more than one here in the next few days. But yeah, man, let's get after it, dude. Well, yeah, and that's a good point to to plug ourselves real quick because we do have draft profiles on on pretty much all the, the first of all, all, the Chiefs prospects they've met with. Uh, we're trying to hit all of those. We, we still have a few to go there, but you know, all the guys we like, uh, you know, are, are great writers at the site. We've got a ton of them. Uh, you know, I could shout them all out, but it might take all night. So, uh, yeah, good for them uh, and, and appreciate or appreciate you guys reading. Make sure you go check that out. And I will say before we get into the mock, we did have a little bit of Chiefs news. We saw Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnson uh, working out uh, with uh, with the Chiefs uh, in Texas, which we have not talked about on the pod yet. But uh, but we kind of hit on the AP film room. It, w- it was just kind of odd, right? It was just kind of we didn't really know how that was legal, you know, how that was you know uh, able to happen. But uh, but are, are are we feeling are we feeling like they either of them could fall to thirty one? We'll see if they do in this mock coming up. But uh, could could Quentin Johnson or Zay fall to thirty one? Nate, do you think there's any possibility there? Zay, no. Quentin, yes. Um, and I isn't that crazy how that flipped? Because it yeah, it wasn't like that. Yeah. 
Right. I, I think Zay is going to be gone by pick 20. It, like every, there hasn't been like any like reports of teams like aren't like super high on him um, or anything like that. I think teams are really enamored by the profile. Quinn's interesting. Um, obviously, from a high weight speed component, he's there. But, you know, not to scout the helmet, but it's a big 12 wide receiver. It's a guy that has some kind of inconsistencies in his game with his hands, with his route running. Um, so it, how every team kind of dictates that is going to be kind of interesting. Um, I'm still operating on the assumption that he'll go in the late 20s, if anything. But I, if you asked me a month ago, I would have said no way. Quentin Johnson would have been at 31. But it doesn't feel like the momentum for him has really picked up at any point, kind of in this process at all. I would agree with you. Caleb, do you agree with that, or, or do you have any other takes? I think that if the Chiefs want to get either of those guys, they probably have to trade up for Zay especially. I think he's right. going to go over like 15, maybe 15 to 20. Johnson will be more interesting. He could definitely fall into the 31 range, but I kind of think one of those teams, like a team that maybe made like the wild card or maybe even a team like maybe like maybe the Bears want to trade back up in the first round or use an extra pick they might have here or there to go get another receiver. So I think there's definitely going to be competition for Johnson as you get to the back end of the first round. Yeah, I, I think it just speaks to how unpredictable this draft is. I think we've, we've kind of heard for a while this offseason that, uh, or kind of lately, I think, you know, you've kind of heard some anonymous quotes like, oh, the media has no idea what's about to happen, uh, that kind of thing, which I think are always kind of funny. I think you hear those every, every draft cycle, but it does feel like it's going to be a pretty random draft. And without further ado... We're going to kick off this mock draft and see how random it's going to get uh, on the mock draft tonight. So here we go. I'm going to start the draft. I do want to pause it after a certain maybe the top 10 just to see what we got um, with the first 10 picks. Maybe kind of get some any quick takes on on kind of what goes down here. But pretty standard. Uh, you got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud off the board immediately. Will Anderson, the card uh, goes to the Cardinals, Anthony Richardson to the Colts. Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter uh, go off five and six. Will Levis, the quarterback, goes seven. Got two cornerbacks off at eight and nine. And the Eagles get Paris Johnson Jr. So we got the first offensive tackle off the board um, here. But no other tackles go off the board. No receivers off the board yet. Um, I don't know. Any any favorite fits here among the among this uh, kind of fit uh, or kind of the, the top ten, Nate? Any, any favorite takes here? Uh, I mean, Paris Johnson, the Eagle sounds fun. Um, just does. because With like, their... if like letting him develop his kind of functional strength, he kind of sit behind Lane and my water. Um, that one would make a ton of sense. Um, Anthony Richardson to the Colts would be fun. I mean, he's my personal QB one. So like good yes, for them that they too. get him kind of at fourth out trading up. So. Yeah, he's my QB one too. I love that we agree on that. Um, cause he, I mean, come on guys, we're, we're overthinking it with him. Uh, Caleb, uh, I don't know. Will Levis of the Raiders? Are we are we getting worried about that at all? Uh, any any other any other takes in this top ten? I don't know necessarily about uh, Will Levis of the Raiders. I think that could turn into maybe that'd be an interesting pick for them. Maybe three years down the line, Jalen Carter to Detroit though. Pair him up with Aiden Hutchinson. You might have a wrecking crew on your hands. Yeah, could, you know, be blowing the doors down really quickly in that division. Yeah, Jalen Carter in the, on the Lions would be good. Um, we're going to get closer to our, the Chiefs pick here. Um, we don't have to go through the 11 through 20, but Jackson Smith and Jigbo went off the board here. We're going to get two other down. tackles off the board. Zay Flowers, we kind of predicted it would be off by 20. Nate, you called it. It's right at 20. Um, uh, Darnell Wright's gone. Yeah, Caleb, your boy's gone. We're sad yep. to see that. Um, Lucas Van Ness off the board. 
Um, yeah, Zay's Zay's gone. So yeah, so we just eleven through twenty. We're gonna see a lot of Chiefs. Uh, you know, guys that maybe they could trade up and right. We're yeah. not trading up in this mock. Right. Um, I was gonna say this would a, not be the best trade up scenario for the Chiefs if they wanted to get up. If all these tackles yeah. are gone and Zay Flowers is gone, and some of the top edges are gone, it's probably you know worth mentioning that we probably would want to stay at this point. The board definitely hasn't worked out in the Chiefs' favor in this mock simulation. That's a good point because you're right. You want them. You want some of these guys that they would trade up for to fall just a little further, right. um, just just a little bit, so they can only send a third, maybe or a future um, fourth or third. But here we go. We're gonna get down to it. We're getting closer to the Chiefs' pick. Um, the, the suspense is waiting. Quentin Johnson off the board here. Uh, you know the, the bill. Yeah, and so receivers are all off the board. So I really mm -hmm. don't think at this point can we rule out receiver at this point? Yes, there there's any... no receiver. I would draft around one in this range. Right, exactly. I think so. I mean, I think you were even pushing it with Addison. So um, I think we can say that as we get closer and closer. I'll actually just let it play in police. Kincaid, we're getting some the run on tight ends to start because you got Mayer going to the Giants. Mm -hmm. And Kincaid to the Bengals, which, hey, they do need they've a been threat at tight end. Yeah, that's a good fit. It is. Absolutely. And and but Darnell Washington's still on the board. Uh, hey, on are, the we, board. are we are we considering uh, let's start with since you mentioned tight end, Caleb. Are we considering Darnell Washington here at all with no receivers on the board? Um, you know, hey, you, he just mentioned Anton Harrison, but he may be one of the only offensive tackles you'd consider here. If you want to improve the offense uh, with a first round pick, I don't know how tempted are you here with Darnell Washington? I I'd probably take a pass on him right now. I just think that his skill set we put him early on in a position where, yeah, he's going to be doing a lot of run blocking, but that's not that's not necessarily where the Chiefs would need him at in the situation. If that kind of makes sense, I think that you know what are we, you know what are we looking like at edge and defensive line? That's kind of what I'd be thinking in this situation if this is the way the board fell in the first. Yeah, round. I will say, you know, I'm I'm a huge Anton Harrison guy. I'm going to pick him if he's here, but I I want to talk through this a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. I actually just picked him for the SB Nation mock draft, uh, so he he's getting picked somewhere. But you're right. Picks. I think in this I think in this scenario, you're right. I think it is important to just look at the defensive trenches, um, and that's what we're going to do here. Um, you got you got guys on the edge like Will McDonald the fourth, uh, Felix Inudike Uzama. You know, definitely guys that, in my opinion, are well. I would say Felix is more worth the first round pick than maybe a Will McDonald, but Will McDonald, well, Nate, what do you think? Do you think Will McDonald's worth the first round pick? I know you're kind of, you know, you're a guy that likes him, but maybe with the Chiefs, what do you think? Yeah, it's hard because I, I was kind of going through and putting some like rate stats together um, this morning, which I'm actually going to share on my Twitter tomorrow. So kind of be on the lookout for that, for like pressure numbers. Nice. Will McDonald's pressure numbers really aren't like overwhelming, and he's an older prospect. And I, I know the defensive kind of scheme was not helpful for him. So like, that's definitely right. not not a benefit for him, but I don't know. Like when you compare him to FAU, like FAU has significantly better win rates. He has a better pressure numbers. He's bigger. He's younger between those two. I think Anduki Uzama is just a better kind of prospect overall. And I think would be kind of a more of a bet at 31. That that's my opinion. What do you think, Caleb? I think that FAU here would, is going to be the popular pick. And I think in this situation, it would probably be the right pick. You know, I, I do like Will McDonald, but, you get a guy in FAU, you know, he is, you know, he's a clear first round talent for them to be able to take him at 31 and he's a, still a younger player. I think they would probably value that a little bit more than Will McDonald. And I mean, like, let's be honest now, that's like a storyline. The Chiefs would want something like that. You know, you got your local kid getting drafted in his hometown. 
to play for the hometown team. You know, I know we got like Mozzie Smith on the board also. I was just going to bring him up. I was like, Mozzie is interesting. It's interesting with him just because you're like, well, we can find a bigger run stuffer, you know, maybe later down the line. But it's like he's, you know, I, yeah. He's so talented. Like, like, that's kind of the thing with Mozzie is that, like, I really do think he's like a first round talent at defensive tackle. It's more of just kind of a positional value thing. Right. Right. And, and that's the point I wanted to make here is, is how, how valuable do, do we think the a gap player, Mozzie Smith, or even a Keanu Benton, I'll say, I I love Keanu Benton, but Mm -hmm. when you compare them to who you could get maybe in the third or fourth round with, in terms of positional value, in terms of the impact they're making, they're not on pass downs, right? They're mm-hmm. playing. Well, you're, you're hoping a guy like Mozzie and Keanu will develop right, into right. To three down players, but, but yeah, I mean, if you really just want that a gap stuff, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, Mozzie Smith and, and Keanu would be better than the guys you get in the third and fourth round, but is it better enough? And and that's actually kind of a preview into what we talk about with Eric eager later. Um, so yeah, I, I like that conversation. I do think it is between edge rusher and offensive tackle. Anton Harrison again is on the board, but let's see if there's any other ones. I don't think there are that we would consider so, here. I was going to make the case for actually waiting because you can like maybe pick up like Wanya Morris, Nick Saldaveri. Um, I like Tyler Steen, but he's probably not a tackle. Jalen Duncan, to me, that's more kind of in the value spot for the Chiefs uh, because I I like Anton Harrison a lot, but I don't think the Chiefs need a good like they already have one very good tackle in Jawan Taylor. Do they need two very good tackles or can they get by with an average-ish right tackle that I think they could or left tackle that they could get later? So that would be my case for taking defensive linemen before Anton Harrison. And that's a really good point because I actually again another preview to to later we're talking positional value. Is it we got to think about this. Is it kind of a luxury pick to complete the offensive line with all five guys that you feel really, really good about? Cause that's kind of what you would be doing with taking a first round pick. Isn't that kind of, yeah, it is kind of a luxury more than you, a necessity, a lot, you know, you can't expect to ever have that in any situation, all five guys you really feel good about, but that's what the chiefs would have. You're right. I, I think you do have to maybe say, look, we have four guys that can do it. That fifth guy, you know, Hey, we can, we can maybe take more of a chance or just maybe, you know, uh, bank on a Lucas Niang just kind of holding the fort while a guy develops uh, again. I, I, I like that point. Caleb, what do you think in terms of, because, you know, I know you like Daywan Jones. Um, he is here and and he is someone that's going to be going in this range. Um, are you giving consideration to offensive tackle here? You know, I, I'm all for always building the line. The only thing is with this group of prospects, you know, from Harrison to Jones, Cody Mock, uh, Tyler Steen, Wanya Morris, Jalen Duncan, Saldaveri, I kind of have all those guys in like the same slot. You know, I don't really see one of those guys being like head over heels, like way better than the other guys. So honestly, I feel like in this position, you could almost wait a little bit. Like you're saying, you can go after, you know, you can go after like your defensive linemen here and you can still see, you know, because I like Anton Harrison. He's obviously, he's the best of the guys left. What is the gap though between him and say like another guy on the board? That's just kind of where yeah. I'm at with that. Yeah, and and, and exactly. I, I really do think there's 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 a point there. I really like Anton Harrison. I think he's someone that that is just just is 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 primed to be a really good player at the at the next level. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I, I that's me having a, an opinion, a you know, a bias a little bit on on a guy I really like because nothing you you can't you can't guarantee anything's going to work, even a first round offensive tackle. Um, and again, again, you know, with that risk in mind, 
is it a luxury to say, okay, now we have all five. Like you don't need all five. If you have a franchise, you know, a superstar quarterback, Andy Reed as your play caller, there is something to that. And, and, and the more I get closer to the draft, the more, you know, I honestly say that makes a little more sense. I was someone that was very, uh, you know, hard, steadfast on, on getting a left tackle early, um, which I, I still think would be a mm-hmm. smart pick depending on how the board falls. But here we are back at the edge rushing position. We're looking at here, fellas. I think the th- I think we're all going to say the pick is Felix and Udike Uzama here. Um, but just to make sure the people know who else is on the board and added to Miwe Adebare, uh, you said it really well the other day, Nate. I was very impressed. So uh, good for you. Uh, do you consider him at all um, in comparison to Felix? I know, I think we all have him ranked lower, obviously, but um, and is there anything to that versatility maybe that he could bring that, that maybe, um, maybe you could even see the Chiefs picking over Felix? I don't know. What do you think, Nate? Again, I'm going to kind of cite the pressure rate numbers and stuff again. I think FAU's just been more productive and he's already younger. And I know what he's going to look like as a full-time defensive end. Um, I like Adebore, but I don't know if he's a defensive end at his best in the NFL. So for me, if I'm taking a defensive end, I'm just going to take Andrew Giozama, someone I know has proven he can play it. All right, Caleb. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I I agree with him, so I'm gonna let you have the final say. Are we taking Felix? Let's let's go ahead and go with Felix. And I think that even though they don't have like the history of a pre-draft visit with him, them being so close, they've had enough exposure to what he can do. You know, enough of that stuff. So I think that would be like a great pick, a safe pick, and it'd be a pick like you know they can build off of. And just because they got an edge rusher in round one doesn't mean they're done drafting edge rushers. You know, you got like your classic guy who you want to pair opposite next to George Karloftis to be your future guys. <laughs> yeah. Point well, well, yeah, I didn't even, we didn't even see Keon White. He was so low on PFF's board. Apparently we didn't get to see him uh, as we were thinking about who to pick. Uh, Nate, would, would you have taken anyways? Yeah. No, F-A-U okay. Would you... my pick. Yeah. Would you and and forgive me because I should know, but you have Keon White ranked higher than Adabare, so you probably would have picked him over yep. Adabare. Yeah. Yep. And I and I would have too, honestly. Um, but okay, we're getting to the second round here again. I just mentioned Keon White off the board. Um, a lot of the guys we just talked about went off the board, obviously. As we get closer to the second, the the middle second, we see a guy like B.J. Ojolari go off the board. Someone that could fit with the Chiefs with those long arms, but obviously maybe a smaller prospect. Keanu Benton does not make it to the Chiefs. My heart is sad. Because of that, at pick sixty, uh, he goes at pick fifty-five. Um, Josh Downs got are, this round. Got yeah, high. you're right. Josh Downs is one of the only receivers we've seen go off. Jalen uh, Hyatt did. Hyatt, I think that's the only two have been taken this round. That's that would be good for the Chiefs. This is like yeah. very ideal second round for if they want to attack a weapon. Absolutely, you're you're 100 correct because we're seeing tight ends still go off the board. Um, Luke Musgrave and then Adabuare, the edge, is off the board here too. We're getting closer and closer. Cedric Tillman goes off the board just before the Chiefs. Derek Hall goes off the board just before the Chiefs, although we probably wouldn't have doubled up on edge rusher. Bergeron that early. off the board. Bergeron off the board, although, yeah, I, I like Bergeron. I just, the Chiefs fit. I, I probably would not see them taking him. Um, Antonio Johnson, a safety prospect. That's, that's you know, kind of intriguing to NFL teams, apparently. This is a good so, second round for the all Chiefs. Right. This is a, this I think so, because like Cedric Tillman... <laughs> You can make the argument, and I would not make it because uh, I like Cedric Tillman too much, but you can make the argument he is kind of a bad fit for the Chiefs. Uh, he is kind of, you know, maybe more of a one-dimensional X receiver. Um, um, but again, you know, I think he has a little more wiggle. I think A.T. Perry is in this range um, for mm-hmm. the Chiefs, and I know he he is in that same uh, same range where he might just be, he might be, you know, a little too much of an X receiver at the same time. He has that speed down the field. Um, he has a little bit of wiggle for his size. Um 
but there's other receivers, right? We have Tank Dell. Do you consider him at all that that small stature? Uh, Marvin Mims is, is a favorite that I'd probably uh, stand on the table here for. Uh, Taylor Scott, Jaden Reed. I said Taylor. Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. Jaden Reed, the Michigan State receiver. I know you're a fan of Nate. Are we are we feeling receiver right here? It feels like we're feeling receiver. What are we thinking? I would say so because I still don't think – I think there's a lot of offensive tackles I kind of like that I think are going to be at the bottom of round three. Um, a lot of the oh, tight yeah, ends left at this point. Um, we yeah, could probably look at defensive look at tackles, but I think that – I again, that's another one. I think defensive tackles are going to fall in a different pocket for the Chiefs. And with the lack of receivers taken in the second round, I think this is probably the best value position in my opinion. Let's look at offensive tackle though. But yeah, Caleb, do you do you think it's feeling like receiver? Is there any other position you want to look at while we're while we're sitting here? Tackles seem I mean, it's fallen a little quicker now. You still got your Steen, Duncan, and uh Saldaveri range. Those would be the guys I would maybe think about taking to this spot. I do think though that, you know, just looking at the board, because what they're at pick sixty-three here. They've yeah. got to get some thirty-two picks till their next selection, you know. There's going to be a lot of moving of like the linemen here very shortly. I mean, this yeah. is probably the spot to go receiver because at that point, you know, if you wait any longer, you're probably going to be missing out on like some of the guys with talent. I mean, and looking at that board, I mean, I like Tyler Scott, uh, John Mingo. He's right there. That's definitely. Whew, thank God. Hold down. My God. He's, he's pretty on. far down there, man. He feels. Like I don't think he'll be at 63. I would be shocked if he fell this far. No. And Nate, you you have only to blame yourself, man. You were the you were the first. <laughs> I was one first to, to start. The, <laughs> you started the hype, man. It, it it is all your fault that he has gotten a national favorite all of a sudden. Um. Yeah. I I I think Jonathan Mingo would be my pick here. Um. Because I do think the Chiefs. I. It would be nice to get someone with some size. And and again, I I just think it has to be someone with size that can also do you know, obviously more. Um, and, and I think he's that one guy on the board right now that I would say, you know, Rasheed Rice, you know, he has some ability that I do think is in that same vein. He's not as, as physically dominant though, I would say, um, as a Jonathan Mingo, um, again, AT Perry though. Are we, are we, you know, Rocky would be pretty mad at us. I feel like, well, he, I think he has Mingo above AT Perry though. So I, uh, well, I don't know. Is, Is there any, is there any talk for AT Perry? Is there any talk for any of these other receivers besides Jonathan Mingo here? If Mingo would be my pick, but if we were going to not take Mingo, I would say A.T. Perry would be the next option. So in the off case that Mingo would be gone, I do like A.T. Perry. I think his offense was really destructive for his skill set. Honestly, it's a gross offense. It's the slow mesh. It is. Um, is. So like when he's actually allowed to run like real wide receiver routes, I think he's going to look way better. Um, So I would I'd be happy with A.T. But I mean, if Mingo's on the board, I would obviously pick for him first. All right, Caleb. I think we're feeling Mingo. Is there anyone else here that you're that you're wanting to to give a shout out to? If it wasn't Mingo, I'd go with Tyler Scott. I think okay. And th- I think this spot is just something great for him. You know, we talk about you know maybe Jalen Hyatt going in the first is too high just because of his skill set. Tyler Scott very similar the way they play. Like uh, early sixties pick is probably where you take a guy like that. But you know, just for the sake of everyone here, we've all hyped up. Nate, especially John Mingo. So let's go, mm-hmm. let's go get the Mingo man right now. No, I, I, I think it's he's worth the hype, man. I he, this, go ahead. Seeing these other boards is crazy to me, though, because like, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I think John Mingo is a top fifty-five, top sixty player. 
in this class easily. They they don't even have him in the top 100 on here. Well, since you mentioned Tyler Scott and we have it on the screen where all these kind of three players in the same range, and I do have all these three players similarly ranked um, to an extent. Um, Jaden Reed, the other guy I mentioned in here, but Marvin Mims is a guy that I, I do believe in out of this kind of small receiver class. I do think he is the one, you know, because I, I think it's funny. I think a lot of these guys could get a tight uh, or a T.Y. Hilton comp. I think he's the one that actually could, uh, you know, live up to that to an extent, um, you know, become that true Z receiver. That's just a, a dynamic vertical threat, but also can can do a little more. Um, and, and, and so I think there's, you know, I, I think there's a lot of guys in this class that could become that, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to be right here and say Marvin Mims is the guy I'm going to believe in. Um, but Nate, I don't know if you just wanted to give a little shout out to Jaden Reed. I don't know if we're going to get a, a chance to pick him again. So didn't know if you wanted to give him a little love here while he's on the board. Yeah, real quick. I just think Reed's going to be a solid NFL player. He's just, he's going to be a good slot. He's going to run good routes for you. He's going to have good hands, tack up to the catch. He's just going to be someone that's going to be in the NFL for eight to 10 years and get multiple contracts that every team's kind of clamoring and looking for. Well, we are oh, into man, the third and Dexter's gone. Dang it. Third round here. Yeah. Some, some, fun, some of our defensive line favorites Ika. here. Siaki Ika. See, and that's someone that I hadn't really considered as, as kind of a later pick, but he could fall man for his one dimensionality. Yeah. Um, his perceived one dimensionality. I do think he has a little more in, in his, in his bag than just being a, an a gapper. Um, even though he's huge. Sam Laporta off the board, probably expected. He probably goes quicker than that. Jalen Duncan off the board. Tyler Steen off the board. Because um, yeah. that, those are that, that's kind of the position maybe we're thinking here, right? And there's probably a certain small school yeah. tackle that we're all thinking about maybe uh, at the end of this round here that we're going to see if he keeps. Oh, there he goes. Uh, Nick Saldaveri off. Let's the... oh. hope Wanya Morris is still on the yeah. board. That's the risk you take though by like letting them. You know, you get right. those thirty picks in this. You know, eighties, seventies going down. That's where teams start loading up on like linemen, and then you know they start taking their cracks at tight ends because I see Tucker Craft is off the board also, mm-hmm. and Saldaveri to Miami. No, that's, a, that's a good point because tackle is one of those positions like you don't want to mess around. Like you, you want to get guys you like that you really feel like could do it, and uh, you know they go high, and if you know mm-hmm. one, they thin out pretty quick. And Saldaveri is one, one of those guys. Storm- he must be because I don't see him anywhere. Jaden Reed. That was me the first the right name I would us. call. I I like Wanya Morris a lot. I do too. I think he would fit the Chiefs' offense very well. Um, yeah. His movement skills, his length. Long, uh, I do really too. Long. Right. No, I, I, I do too. Yeah, I he do. just needs coached up a little bit, but I think there's a starting tackle there. Hey man, if if, if we're gonna if we're gonna pass on Anton Harrison, at least we get one Oklahoma tackle that I like. Um, so there you go. But. Uh, we can think about it a little bit because we do have, again, you know, this could be a place we think about interior defensive linemen, although I do think the value, positional value thing, right, we're not going to – I would not consider uh, this over an Awanya Morris type offensive tackle just because of the positional value. Are there any other positions you'd consider here? I mean, do we look at tight end at all and see if we can improve the offense with like a Luke Schoonmaker right here, the Michigan tight end, a Zach Koontz, the old Dominion tight end? Um, two guys that I, I, I do like these guys. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny, Nate, I, looking at our rankings, we actually ended up having the exact same rankings after like four, I oh, think, right. <laughs> uh, or two or three or something. And yeah, it, it, we looked, we had it look very similarly. And I know you like Koontz. He was your number five tight end. Mm-hmm. Do you consider him or Shoemaker? I know, I think we all kind of like Shoemaker too. We, we looked at him in the AP film room. Do we consider them here over a guy like Wanya Morris? I'd wait around personally. I think we're going to be able to catch one of these guys at 122 or 134. Um, I, I don't know if Caleb agrees with that, but I, in this case, I'm still just going to clamor for an offensive tackle just to have another option in the room. Caleb, we'll say well, you. 
what uh what do we got at edge just what do we what's going okay. on okay i, I, just like, I like the way you think i mean it's one of those positions where i think you at least got to always look at it yeah i mean mcguire right there that would be tempting to me at least even We're, you know even if you do go fau in the first round i know you've got a minute who and you got your body starting to pile We're up pretty full though off. like if we have fau carl off this dana and a minute who like that's a lot of like when would isaiah mcguire get on the field in my opinion right. would kind of be my main concern yeah i i would actually agree with that concern unfortunately um and and, and just like and just the fact that, like, I, I think if you're going to double up on edge rusher this quickly, maybe, I think you do want to maybe get a guy that has that's a little different from the rest of the group, right? I do think McGuire maybe gives you some of the same, you know, maybe not the same thing um, as, as, like, a Felix, but they're just traditional defensive ends, right? Uh, mm. I think I think both those guys are. Um, I think maybe... Good player, he is a good player. Oh, of course, yeah. No, I, I'd be a fan of the Chiefs if they didn't get edge first, um, maybe really thinking about him in the third round. This is, this is kind of the range I feel like he would go in, but... I do think we're going to just go ahead and take the offensive tackle. I think we all agree it's a pretty important position. Um, you know, I, I looked at running back for a second. I don't think we're there, especially with the with the fact that the Chiefs do need, in my opinion, I just don't think they should just go into the year with with what they have at offensive tackle. Um, I think they need one more guy that that could compete for a starting spot or at least push. You know, do you like Wanya Morris? I, I haven't asked you about him. Do you like Wanya Morris? You know, I he's not a guy I would really even consider taking in maybe the top 150. Oh, but, I mean, just just for the sake of what we got right here, I mean, it does make sense. And I, I guess if you take him in 95 or a third-round pick, you know, he doesn't have a tremendous amount of pressure for him to start. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of, you right. know, like we mentioned, though, it's the risk you take if you wait around to take your tackle because, you know, teams are just going to load up on him at some point. But, I mean, I'm I'm cool with that pick here. He's got athleticism. You guys mentioned the length. He might just need a little bit of seasoning with yeah. uh, with Coach Heck. And you know, if if he comes out and sits to start the season and they get Lucas Niang healthy, you know, it, it's a depth building pick at the very least in a very valuable position. Do you have anybody? I'm kind of scrolling through the talk, tackle class. I mean, do you have any other tackles you'd like here? I mean, let's let's. I mean, because Braden Daniels, yeah, is so. that we've kind of uh, coined as uh, Jalen Duncan light. Uh, or mm-hmm. I said Kirkland signature Jalen Duncan. Um, so, I mean, he I like Asim Richards. I think he's a very solid player. I really think he could be a, a good tackle in the league. Um, just may not have a very high ceiling. May just be a kind of a solid guy, maybe a solid backup. But I do think he could start, um, a spot start maybe at first. Uh, Warren McClendon, I mean, at right tackle, he's a solid dude. I just think it's a little high for him. I don't know, Caleb. I just want to give you, if, if you do like any other offensive tackles, I want to give you the, the opportunity to, to make an argument for him. Um, so I saw Ryan Hayes is still on the board. I think if you're going for like a late three to four round developmental tackle or even later, I kind of like him compared to some of the other guys. McClendon's interesting. I think he's got great size, you know, yeah. and then Jake Witt. Not a lot of people talk about him. <laughs> D2 prospect test. Doesn't even have a school on the PFF. No, yeah. He went to, uh, Northern Michigan or Northern something, Michigan. Right? Yeah. Their D2 yeah. school up there in the GLIAC conference so i've kind of had an eye on him just from some d2 football connects or whatever but i'm cool with wanya here there's no big you know i don't think there's here's the thing people are gonna be like well if he never plays or he's only a backup you know he's a bust i'm like well he's third round pick so i mean you get what you you know that's kind of what you got to be expecting if you're the chiefs in this situation well and you know ryan hayes i will say the thing about him is he is very short-armed and you know that's that's just may keep him off the chief's board um, honestly, and, and that's the thing with, with the length on Wanya Morris, man. You're talking about a guy that has it, and you're right. He he is a little Cam Irvin-y, Irvin-y-ish, which probably would 
would, if anyone, I mean, I probably shouldn't pick a guy that I'm preferring to Cam Irving a little bit. Um, but I do think he has better size than him, has a better, you know, more strength to him and, and has a better body to build into. I think Cam Irving was kind of a weird body, um, but just just some of the same kind of issues maybe at first. But OK, let's let's not let's let's get to the next pick, because I do think Wanya Morris is a good pick here. Um, and we will I'll just let, I'll let it run. See just who we have on the clock um, here. Isaiah McGuire. Oh, my gosh. He almost made it all the way back to us, fellas. <laughs> that would have been insane. That's a little crazy. Pick 122. We are on the clock. He went 121. That I, I mean, I, we probably, I, I think we all would have agreed that probably would have been the pick. Um, I think that is, yeah. you know, that, well, at the same time, I mean, you know, it, it's still a, t- a, a tough kind of uh, room, as you kind of mentioned, and it is pretty packed up. I'm looking at the interior defensive linemen here. Jaqueline Roy's off the board, which I was kind of sad to see go. I think he would have been a fun pick here. Um, but we do have Keandre Coburn. Moro Jomo, Kobe Turner, uh, the Wake Forest defensive tackle, which I'm going to be honest, I really didn't evaluate him. I, he was one guy I just, I just missed on this whole class. I probably should get a little look at him um, before we get to the uh, draft. But do, would you, are you guys big fans of any three of these guys as interior defensive linemen as we kind of maybe uh, try to round out the positional needs before we look into other, other things? What do you think, Caleb? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I do like Colburn and I like Broderick Martin. I think they fit, you know, if the Chiefs want a big run stuffer, I think they fit. This maybe seems just a touch high, but like, I mean, keep mm-hmm. going down the list. I'm not really high. I see Dante Stills there. I like him, but he will probably still be there whenever they want to pick later on. I'm, so, yeah. So let's see what else, what else we got. I mean, we could, we we look, could at look at doubling up on edge here. Oh, that's, that's a good point. I think tight end is, this is probably a good range for it. Shoemaker. Um, oh, so yeah. Luke Shoemaker still there. Zook, Zach Koontz has made it to this point. He is someone that I'm intrigued by, although this one is tough because I, I do have Koontz ranked higher, but I think Shoemaker might be kind of a better fit right away to kind of help the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, I think you, yeah, I figured you would, Nate. Caleb, do you have any strong takes on the tight end class right here? Because I mean, a guy like Will Mallory is available as a receiving threat. Um, you know, is there any tight ends you're kind of liking here? I think Shoemaker's a guy I like. I, I think Shoemaker would give them the ability to have a tight end, you know, who can be a, like a cla- you know, a classic backup tight end, not not a backup. He'd be like as much twelve as they run. Right. He'd be like playing a lot. He could take some of the run blocking reps off of Kelsey's backs to let him just you know rest a little bit here and there, and not constantly have to be banging around on the line. It'd be a move that prolongs his career. I'd like him maybe a little over Zach Coons. Yeah, let's go Shoemaker. I agree. I, I I think Koontz in a vacuum, I think maybe has a higher ceiling, and maybe that's why I rank him higher. But um, with the Chiefs, I think Shoemaker would be a really good pick. I really like what I saw from him um, in the Big Ten being a blocker. So here we are in the fourth round again. This is their second pick. Um, let's let's look at some certain positions. I mean, do we consider running back here at any at any point? Do you like any of these guys? Do we wait on that? You know, there's I think there's we gotta a bunch get about the tackle at this point. I mean, the position group for the Chiefs is so bad; they need bodies. They weak. do need bodies, and Keandre Coburn still on the uh, on the board. A guy that he, his his physical profile may not exactly fit the Chiefs, so I don't know if they go for him. It's kind of a shorter arm. Did any of you guys watch Roderick Martin? Because I didn't. Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah. He's like, uh, I mean, he's a big run stuffer. He's a lot like Naughty. Yeah, he's massive. He's bigger. He's bigger than Naughty is. He does a lot of the same kinds of things. Yeah, I think I, that makes I, sense. I'm, I'm surprised he's so high on the board. I've always thought of him as more of a seventh round, sixth round kind right. of guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's on the board here, he definitely fits the Chiefs uh, system a little more than Keandre Coburn. 
I honestly don't know Kobe Turner's measurables off the top of my head. Is he a long, quick. big guy? Um, no, but he's, there's he's another more on the three tech side. So if they really do want that a gap kind of guy and you know, there's a guy like Gerard Clark on the, on the board, which I do like him. Um, he's a big dude, but he's, he's kind of this one of those weird guys that he put on a lot of weight. Like he used to be like a tight end. Um, and now all of a sudden he's this 300 plus pound dude. Um, and so I, I kind of like the idea of Roderick Martin here. Kobe Turner's too not. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. definitely more of a B gap guy. Cameron young. I honestly, I like what I saw from him from Mississippi state as well. Um, but I think since the Chiefs have brought Broderick Martin on a visit, I think, uh, you know, at Western Kentucky, defense was kind of fun to watch. I watched their cornerback, Khalif, Khalif, Pelosi. Wow, I'd probably screwed that up. Um, but they're kind of a fun watch, and that's where I watched Broderick Martin too. So um, I'm going to give them the love. Let's, let's go with Broderick Martin here and move on, um, getting some positional needs out of the way. So we've kind of hit many of the main positions I yep. think the Chiefs would want to hit. Off the top of your head, I mean, you know, so good we, running back, maybe I think that might be a good time to look. And we do have some good names on the board. Sean Tucker, the Syracuse I running back, Sean Deuce Tucker. Vaughn, Keaton Mitchell, an explosive dynamic back from East Carolina, Kenny McIntosh, someone that could come in right away, do very good at pass protecting and, and, and just run a pro offense very well. Evan Hole, Chris Rodriguez. Um, that's kind of where it drops off. So Running back here, fellas. I mean, are we are we are we feeling it? Um, because I, you know, I, I did hear Brett Veach today kind of mention that you know Derek McKinnon's kind of just in waiting, right? It does seem like if they don't make a move at running back, he'll probably just be on the team. Um, he kind of made a comment similar to that today in his press conference. Um, so they always have Derek McKinnon in the back of their minds, and you know he could be the guy. But any running back stick out to you guys here, uh, Caleb? What do you think? Well, Keaton Mitchell was the fastest back at the combine. Yep. And he's like, he could provide like a level of explosiveness. You know, they took Pacheco last year late. He was the fastest back at the combine last year. So I think maybe something like that can make sense. But I think like a safe pick here would, would be a Kenny McIntosh just because you're going to have the guy that he could be a third down back. And, you know, he could split time with Pacheco. They can both stay fresh. He'd be the safer pick. Mitchell would be like if we're trying to hit home runs. Can I make a case for Sean really, Tucker? Yeah, go for it. I really like Sean Tucker. I think he's really good. Like he's got good vision. I think that um, this. I, I believe he was injured some last year, but, but like I did watch a little bit of his 2021, and I thought he was a little more explosive. Um, not going to add a lot as receiver. I do. I Keaton Mitchell would be kind of ideal. I think as a like McKinnon replacement in terms of like the juice in the open field. But I I I thought Sean Tucker was really good last year on a not very good Syracuse offense, and I I would be intrigued with him at this range. Yeah, he's a guy that I think a lot of people were were zoning in on even before this season because he was so good as a true sophomore at Syracuse. Um, I just wanted to see maybe some of his his you know he has six four career receptions you know four uh, you know career Soft touchdowns hands. as you know yeah I mean he he does have some good reps in, in the catching game because um, I do think that's important if we're drafting a running back right I don't think you can you can draft a running back that you you can't throw to um, and so I think I think I think I like that pick I have him ranked higher than the other guys on this list so. I think we'll go Sean Tucker here. I, I think a guy that a lot of people maybe thought was going to be a higher pick um, maybe, if, uh, you know, a few months ago. So, or, you know, last off season. So let's go Sean Tucker, uh, get another need off the board. And now we are back. Here's the round six picks. Now we're getting down to where we're just going to be throwing darts. Um, let's look at cornerbacks. See if there's any cornerbacks that stand out to us. Jay Ward. I know we're, I know uh, Nate, you like a Jay Ward as a safety. Um, he is out there as a sixth round pick. 
I honestly did like what I saw from Hylasi, uh, the Western Kentucky cornerback. He has the strength. He has the aggressiveness. He was a former Oregon commit. That's going to be someone I'm going to be a huge fan of late in the draft. Um, so cornerback is just something that I think they might throw a dart at um, at some point. We could double up on edge here because um, Jose Ramirez is still here, a guy that I'm a big fan of as a pass rusher. Um, again, I kind of mentioned, hey, if you're going to double up on edge rusher, it might make sense to double up with a guy that's maybe a little different from the rest of the guys you have. I think that would make sense with either Jose Ramirez, Lonnie Phelps, the Kansas edge rusher. Fellas, anyone standing out? Um, Isaiah Land, the Florida A&M edge rusher. I know Caleb, you're a big fan of. Brenton Cox Jr., I think he's a he's kind of in that similar vein as well. B.J. Thompson, uh, the Chiefs met with him. He was a top yeah. 30 meetup earlier. He's like a high-level athlete. He's like 6'6", 240. He'd be another guy that kind of fit in that same category as like speed rusher. Nay, any edge rusher standing out to you, or is there another position you want to look at? No, I actually think this is a pretty good spot for a second edge for the most part. Um, I, I, I like that kind of BJ Thompson potentially, or uh, Isaiah Land, or um, guy on top. I can't blank in his name right now. Um, who's that? Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. I, I forgot his name for a second. Any of those guys I think would make sense as kind of developmental guys to replace Josh Kando because I don't think the Josh Kando thing is really going to work out for the Chiefs. So kind of mm-hmm. reset your developmental clock with one of these guys. So I, w- I would – any of those three I would be completely happy with. Well, I I mean, Jose Ramirez would be the guy for me if we are going to double up on edge. Is there any other position? I mean, should we look at receiver, see if there's any guys that fell that we would like to maybe kind of strengthen the receiver core a little more? Rakeem Jarrett, that slot-type receiver. Bryce Ford Wheaton gives you the size with good speed. Um, you know, Ronnie Bell, obviously they met with recently, the, the, the local prospect. Is there anyone here that's 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 making you think they should double up on receiver or should we go back to edge rusher, Caleb? What do you I think? I think edge is better personally. Yeah, I'd I'd yeah, I'd prefer taking edge here just because you know they really could use some versatility. All right. Well, I like Jose Ramirez. I think he's 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 a guy that uh, especially in this late of a pick, I think it's good value. Um Isaiah, do you want to make the case for Isaiah Land, Caleb, uh, over uh Jose Ramirez, or are are we good? What do we think? Honestly, I think they're really similar players. When you do yeah. watch what they do, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty carbon copies. So you could just intertwine them any way you wanted to. Uh, the Max been the Max been good to the Chiefs though, so we can go with Jose. Let's do it, Jose Ramirez. He has a really cool story too. I really think that's going to be a guy that is going to be easy to root for. Um, and so we are getting down to it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna fly through these last picks here. So. Should I look at receiver here again? You know, I just think it's a position that makes sense to maybe double up on, grab another guy. Ronnie Bell this late in the draft. We are in the sixth round still. Um, but you guys tell me, I mean, should we look at, you know, should we get it? You know, uh, is there anyone maybe that fell in the interior offensive line to get some good depth, um, offensive tackle? Because um, I know this late in the, in the class, it's, it's tough. Jake Witt is still on the board. Caleb, you mentioned Uh-oh. him as the, as the, as the, yeah, uh, let's the take Caleb's guy. Down. That would be a good pick. Some a little D two guy, you know. Let's do it. He's, yeah. he's like yeah, he is like six eight. He's a giant yeah. guy. Dave really good well. about him. So, yeah. No, and and you like to root for those guys. Fun to pick those guys. Okay, last picks. We're almost to the end of the entire back draft. So we're really, we're really, yeah. And we're back to back here. Um, receivers, you know, Justin Shorter, kind of that X receiver type that can go up and get it. Darius Davis, kind of that slot type, you know, can make some plays in the open field. Jaden um, Hazelwood. Is that yeah, they Jared met with bikes? him. Yes, it is. And and they met with him recently. I think that's mm-hmm, when, right. you know, this is the range they see. You see them pick. 
Um, Good he, he is kind of an Jared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Jared. Um, shout out Jared Sapp. Make sure you go follow him if you don't. But Jaden Hazelwood, kind of an interesting. He was like a five star recruit or something. One of the top recruits in his high school class. Um, was originally at Oklahoma, transferred to Arkansas. I think it makes sense to maybe take a swing on a guy like that. What do you guys think? Well, it was Jared's birthday yesterday, so maybe we should take let's, him for that. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You guys are just are, it, smartly zooming through these picks because we're here. The last one, I would say Stetson, Stetson Bennett, honestly. <laughs> I, w- I would stand on the table if they didn't just get uh, Blaine Gabbert, so definitely don't need to draft a quarterback. Apparently Stetson's been um, offline interviews. Uh, that's someone Sutton told me that. Oh, I'm sure. What do we got? <laughs> what do we got on the D line? There is there anything left? That yeah, can... it would make sense to double up potentially. Just add a body on. I edge do like and... Deswan Johnson. I would. I, that's a pick that. Yeah. Would make sense. Yeah, I do too. BJ Thompson's still there too. Um, Caleb Murphy was one of those D two guys who just went off, but he, you know, he, it's mm. he get twenty five sacks last year, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Beal Jr., I know you're a fan of his development uh, or his potential. I think this one makes a lot of sense. Go watch him versus Ohio State. He was holding up on a like a field against Toledo, and he was their only good player. Like, I think that's someone I would like kind of keeping around. Boom. That's there a whole seven-round mock draft. Let's see what they, they gave us oh, with the a full-round full full grade. <laughs> yeah, PFF, screw you. Uh, overall draft grade, B+. Plus. We got a B plus here. Um, so shout out PFF for liking some of our picks. Um, but yeah, so okay, just a quick rundown before we get out of here. Uh, number one, Felix Enudike Uzama. Number two, Jonathan Mingo. In the third round, Wanya Morris, the Oklahoma offensive tackle. The fourth round, we took Luke Schoonmaker, the Michigan tight end, and Western Kentucky's defensive lineman, Broderick Martin. In the fifth round, we took Sean Tucker, the Syracuse running back. The sixth round, we took Jose Ramirez, the edge rusher from Eastern Michigan. Another sixth round pick was Jake Witt, the Northern Michigan offensive lineman. Seventh round, we took Jaden Hazelwood, the Arkansas receiver, and Dewan Johnson, the Toledo defensive lineman. Both guys they met with. And so we have a seven-round mock. How are you guys feeling about it? Last words before we get out of here, Nate. I love this mock. I mean, obviously, I'm going to love any mock with FAU and John Mingo. But, you know, we got – got, besides those two, we got a potential right tackle option in Wanya Morris. We got a, you know, tight end two option in Luke Schoonmaker. I know you guys really like Broderick Martin. He can kind of help spell naughty. I think – we kind of hit all the main points um, that the Chiefs kind of need, and I think we got pretty good value throughout. I would agree. I think we did good, uh, Caleb. What say you? Very balanced. You know, we didn't take like a just load up. You know, like last year they just said, well, we're going to load up and take all the defensive backs. This year, very balanced. Seems like it was a little calculated, you know, just based on like they addressed their two pressing issues, you know, edge and receiver, the two positions we feel like they're weakest at you know, one and two, then they go with like a developmental guy at tackle who they'll be able to throw into the mix. They get possibly their tight end of the future or a guy who can come in and help Kelsey out a lot. And then they just, you know, start taking some swings. You know, Sean Tucker at 166, that's good value because he's got a lot of explosion. It really is. Um, Jose Ramirez, he could be a guy that, you know, these teams are building to stop like bigger, thicker defensive ends. He could throw them for a loop. Jake Witt could eventually become – you know, a swing tackle in the NFL that provides value. And then Hazelwood and Dewan or Deshaun Jones, you know, those are guys that are seventh round picks who could end up playing major reps in like a giant playoff game down the line. So I think we, I think we did a really good job picking for value, honestly. No, honestly, the, the Tucker thing is kind of an underrated value pick. Um, Cause I think running back so easily, you know, Oh, it's, you know, it's bad value to ever draft a running back, you know, some people's minds. Um, 
but it's really late in the fifth round. That's almost a throwaway pick. You're talking about a guy that could be, I mean, turn into a legit running back. I mean, he could end up being an overall better back than Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, Pacheco was a seventh round pick last year. I mean, we're all, we love what he was, we saw from him, but you know, Sean Tucker's a really good player. So I, I really like that value. I'm glad Nate, you kind of, you kind of just made the, the pick there. I think that was kind of you heading it. So, all right, enough of this, enough, enough. You guys have heard enough of our voices for the, for a day talking seventh round mock draft, but you know, hey, I do want to appreciate uh, shout out you guys. Appreciate everyone listening, everyone who listened the, throughout the entire NFL draft uh, off season. Man, it's been a fun time, and I'm just ready. We're all ready for for next week. Caleb and I are actually going to be on site with uh, Steven Serta, our podcast producer, actually giving you some live coverage. So we're really excited for that. Nate's going to be on site as well, uh, more more so taking it in uh, as as a fan. But you know, we're all we're all going to be there giving you the live live you know live tweets, live uh, live breakdowns and stuff. So it's going to be hype. It's going to be fun. Appreciate everyone joining the entire time. Uh, Make sure you're checking out the site. Make sure you're checking out all of our Twitters. And we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, back here in on the AP Draft Room podcast. Appreciate you listening. Uh, you just listened to me, Caleb, and Nate uh, talk through a mock draft, uh, you know, give you a few more names to think about for the Chiefs in the upcoming draft. But now we're going to switch uh, switch, uh, switch sides a little bit, you know, have a little fun here, uh, bring on a, a great guest, a special guest, Eric Eager from, uh, from Sumer Sports, the Vice President of Research and Development at Sumer Sports. Uh, does a bunch of other stuff, hosts the Sumer Sports Show with former NFL GM Thomas Dimitrov. That's always a good listen. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a listener of the Red Bull and Golden Show Red Bull and Gold Show. Wow, that's a, I had to say it like that. Uh, with 810 Serum Petra NFL Network's Jeff Judea. I'm a I'm a big PFF forecast guy back in the day. Obviously, no longer. But Eric, really appreciate you making the time, man. Uh, how's how's draft season coming for you? you? Ready for the draft, Ron? Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for the introduction. And uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Um, you know, it's fun to see the Chiefs picking. Uh, it, you know, the last pick of the first round again. Um, yes, 31 weirdly, but yes, <laughs> yeah. I, but no, I mean, draft season been great. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it. I have, I don't, you know, it's funny. The last, um, you know, 2019, 2018 kind of dabbled in, in draft betting, and then 2020 when we had the pandemic, that was the only sport you could bet on, uh, for you know, during the, the heart of the pandemic, and then. 21 and 22, I, I had a great deal of mo- you know money down on the draft at this point. Now with the with the uh, club IP and stuff that we have at Sumer, I have I don't bet on the draft, but I have been sort of keeping tabs on the markets just because 
uh, I find them interesting. And, and even though the right. sports books have been fairly, um, I would say, timid in their offerings this year because uh, people have beat them up over the past few years in the draft, it, it's been interesting to see how things have changed. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I think there's more uncertainty here than usual, um, yeah. even though this time last year we thought Aiden Hutchinson was the top pick. Um, I think like after the first pick, which is going to be Bryce Young, I think it's pretty, pretty uh, uncertain after that. Yeah. And, and you're, you're right. You're not necessarily like a draft analyst. I, I didn't bring you on because you're someone that that's breaking down prospects or anything. Um, but you're a chiefs fan, first of all, uh, you know, so, so you're partial to the chiefs and, uh, and I just, I, I've, I've really always enjoyed your, Oh, there we go. Oh yeah. We got, yeah. We got that last year. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, for the people on the podcast, he was showing off the Super Bowl hat, um, from this last year, but, that's the thing is, is I just feel like I, I, I want to kind of get your takes maybe from a, from a, you know, a, an analytics perspective, kind of just a big picture perspective on how the Chiefs should attack this class. Cause you know, I, I love talking prospects. That's all we do really on this show is talk prospects. Um, but you know, there's a big picture to this that, you know, I, it, it is good to kind of maybe zoom back and look at. Um, but you, you just mentioned, you know, you're not able to put the wagers down anymore. That's, that's one of the things I enjoyed most about your content um, back in the day at PFF was your guys' betting angles and uh, on the NFL so I guess I'll just ask you real quick. I mean, am I pretty much uh, done on the Anthony Richardson first overall and QB one bets? Cause I do have those tickets. They're sitting there about eight and a half to one. I, you know, I, I felt good about it when I, when I placed the bet, but are we pretty much dead there or, or is the unpredictability like you kind of mentioned, or, or do we have a little bit of a chance? What do you think? I, I would be very surprised if a team, if Carolina would trade out of the pick, I think anything's possible. Um, but I think the appetite that bright, that, I think that the Panthers really do like Bryce Young. I don't think they just moved up to one to take one of the, the few guys and they'll be willing. I, I do think that the, the, the love for Bryce Young is real, it, it, him specifically. So, um, you know, there could be, and I know that Houston has Young really high on their board. Um, you know, I, th- I believe the reports that they don't have Stroud very high. Um, so I think the com- combination of that means that Richardson's probably going to go a little, little later in the draft, even though I do like him as a prospect just because I think it's distribution. I mean, look, if you're looking at the AFC, you think about, you know, the quarterbacks you have to play against, right? Like Mahomes, of course, Burrow, Allen, Deshaun Watson's an all, you know, an, an all pro when he, you know, when he's played um, Lawrence, uh, you know, Herbert, you know, you're filling out the playoffs with like the truly robo quarterbacks. You know, I think Anthony Richardson's the kind of player, you know, the, the tippy top, all we think of that Anthony Richardson can be, is exactly, I think, what they have to go for. And I don't necessarily know if I see that in Stroud uh, or Young. Um, so I think NFC teams, you know, obviously you can get on the green with quarterbacks like that. Like Daniel Jones won a playoff game. Kirk Cousins made the playoffs, all that stuff. But in the AFC, like, I think Anthony Richardson is the way to go just because um, you're not you're not competing with an average quarterback in that, in that conference. And so um, the quarterback that has the highest ceiling is probably the one you, you want. Now, Panthers playing the NFC, they're playing a terrible division in the NFC. Uh, and so I think Young and Stroud made more sense to them, uh, you know, uh, at preflop. Man, that's a that's a that's a really good point on the, you know, and it sounds like that means makes sense for maybe Anthony Richardson to be a Colt maybe by the end of this month. Um, we'll see, though. He, he could slip a little further. But thank you for for letting me down easy. Uh, you didn't you didn't just come out and say <laughs> no. Bet. Like. It was a good bet, right? Like I would it was say back in no February, to, I think. So yeah. Yeah, I would say to everybody though, like any money you're betting on anybody other than Young at this point is probably wasting your time. Um, and there are other places to possibly wager. 
uh, that that would be uh, a little bit more profitable. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one. I was thinking Will Levis maybe had some good odds at one point, but I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger there. But let's talk Chiefs specifically. Let's let's get into this because I do think one of the the themes of this draft uh, coming into it is that everyone kind of looks at the past drafts and sees Brett Veach just just kill it, you know, in quotes in terms of you know having a bunch of guys that are impact players right away or in their second year or just you know a lot of the roster right now is Brett Veach draft picks um, within the last few years and a lot of the impact players are. How much, you know, how much do we need to actually put stock in that, though? Because, you know, last year he had a lot of swings at it. You know, he had 10, 10 picks he, or he had, you know, I, he had more than 10 picks. I think last year, obviously, uh, you know, traded around, got down to 10 picks at the end, has 10 picks right now to work with this season. Um, how much should we put into how much stock should we put into his, his history as a drafter, the impact players he's had? You know, I know you're someone that, you know, would, would probably say, you know, it's more of a crapshoot than anything, but, you know, should we should we expect him to continue to draft very well or you know is it just something that hey he's gotten you know a lot of swings at it these last couple of years has done pretty well but you, know, you can't expect him to be you know on average better than every NFL GM what do you think yeah i mean the math would tell you pick for pick no one is really better than anybody else uh, at drafting so what i mean is you know the chiefs are always picking at the very end of the draft right and so you know you have to adjust by expectations you know, the 31st pick has different expectations than the 11th pick. And so after you adjust for that over the course of a long-term, you know, situation, no one really picks players better. Um, And we've seen that with Veach, right? Like I think Veach is a fantastic general manager. I think he was very bold last year in trading Tyreek Hill. I think that, you know, getting out of like, so, you know, it's meaningful to me that, he had the bounty that was Patrick Mahomes, you know, and he threw numb, num- like he, he did exactly what you want to do. You throw, you know, you overpay Sammy Watkins, you overpay Frank Clark. You do, you do what's necessary to win a Super Bowl with him on a rookie deal, right? That's the easy part. And he did it. And, and, you know, it's awesome. But then he had to tear it down and, and get out of cap hell. And like, and, and some of it was not his own doing. Like after the 2020 season, he didn't expect to have his two tackles go down with basically career ending right. injuries and so then he had to be a little desperate go for the Orlando Brown holding his water on Orlando Brown was, was really, was a really solid move. Obviously the Hill thing holding his water on wide receivers where a lot of chiefs fans want them to go after Deandre Hopkins, stuff like that to me is a mark of a great GM. Now, when you look at who he's picked, right, we got the 2018 draft with Breland speaks and, you know, guys like that, you have 2019 where you had kind of two modest hits in Hardman and Thornhill, but like kind right. of everything after that was kind of meh. And then, you know, 2020, you have Edward Zolaire, which wasn't great. Um, Willie Gay kind of up, you know, still up for grabs, et cetera. And then now 21 and 22, you've had two bang up, you know, drafts. And I think, you know, it's good. It's good to see like the 2022 draft in many cases was because they had 12 picks to get down to 10. This draft, I believe they have 11. So then you, you know, you give yourself more of an opportunity. I Seren, you know, who's wonderful, one of my best friends, he's like said, you know, what happens if you only take six of those guys? Because, you know, 2021, 2022 exactly. draft, you know, you, you saw the increase in the number of picks. And so, like, the Darian Kennard thing, if that's one of six picks, that's not great. If it's one of ten, okay, you can live with it, right? So, you know, the, the whole part of, like, keeping double-digit picks last year was, was part of the reason they were good. And then, of course, he hit on guys – and I think one last thing, and, and people in the organization will tell you this, 
Andy Reid, Steve Spagnolo changing their tune and playing younger players and playing their younger players through thick and thin was a difference in, in the, in the process too. So it's not just beach picking the players. It's also the, the, the organizational consistency that came with that, right? Joshua Williams, tough game against Buffalo, threw him back out there in the AFC title game, um, traded Rashad Fenton, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Jalen Watson plays really well, gets a game winning touchdown, gets benched, gets put back in all that kind of stuff. We saw in Spagnola's first few years as the as the guy, he would prefer Anthony Hitchens to Nick Bolton. He would prefer Daniel Sorensen to Juan Thornhill. He'd prefer Frank Clark over much, much younger guys. And they made an organizational shift to believe in those players. And then, of course, when we get into an AFC title game where there's three rookie corners playing against one of the best passing offenses in football, those guys aren't really rookies anymore. And, right. and, it, and it shows. Remind yourself of that when they talk about wide receiver too. When people say Andy Reid has never been able to have a good young wide receiver on the roster, well, Steve Spagnuolo has never had playing young defensive backs until recently as well. Yeah, well, and and that brings up a great point with the with our perception of of how good the drafts have been, right? I mean, you know, you talk about Hardman and Thornhill. I think if you ask Chiefs fans in 2019, uh, you know, if it was a great draft, you, they would have been, oh my gosh, yeah, you're talking about a starting safety, a, a, a dynamic receiver or a dynamic playmaker. You know, now we get to the second contract part of it. They're not re-signed. Is it that great of a draft class if you don't actually, you know, re-sign your picks? At the same time, though, you mentioned holding your water. Sometimes it's, you know, not smart to just re-sign your picks, uh, you know, if they're moderate players. So, are we just maybe too early in the 2021-2022 where, like you just mentioned, they're playing these guys uh, early, so we're seeing them make impacts on the field, but, you know, maybe we get to the point by the second contract they're not, you know, not re-signed and we're maybe kind of changing our perception on it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm just repeating your point a little bit, but I do think your, the coaching point is a, is a really good point. They're just getting the guys on the field. We're seeing them make impact, but do we know for sure if these drafts are necessarily, but you know, is Nick Bolton get, definitely going to get that second contract is, you know, is uh you know, a Creed Humphrey, Willie I mean, I'm sure Creed Humphrey will. Yeah. Willie Gay is a great example too. So I yeah, think that's I a think, good point. I think, I think to answer your question, when you win a Super Bowl in a season where your rookie, your draft class plays the most snap or sorry, most games of any team in all of football, like it was a success, right? Like we're, yeah. we're, yeah. you know, <laughs> teams are there to win championships. Um, and, and it's important. Like, Thornhill and, and Hardman both won two rings. Um, their four years were a success, in my opinion. They both lived yeah. up to the draft position. That they didn't get second contracts, yeah. So they're not superstar players, but they're all, there's really only room on this roster for like – I mean, you look at the, the the salaries on this team, and I think you get to like player seven or eight before you get to Bucker, right? So you're yeah, looking right. at some stars – some you know and then kind of like a Valdez Scantling kind of like middle veteran contract and then you get to all rookies or or minimum contract guys like there isn't room on this and they're and they're right up against the cap so there isn't room on this team for that many superstars you know money wise right and 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 you mentioned it too a little bit but like Veach not re-signing those is almost even a, a more of a feather in his cap um that he that he didn't you know hey we just want a Super Bowl with these guys uh you know we, they've been on the team let's just get him back on the team to, you know, that, that is a feather in his cap. So I'm glad we talked about that, but let, let's talk specifically about a couple of positions, um, you know, receiver and offensive tackle, I think really are um, two of the most intriguing positions in, in the class for the chiefs specifically, just because they're an offensive team, you know, and, and I'll get your take here on, on whether you think, you know, how much they need an actual impact receiver right now, um, or if they, if they could kind of maybe wait more in the class. I'm more of the mindset that the offensive tackle position is something that they should attack higher in the draft. 
um, than receiver. Um, but, you know, and, and especially because this class, honestly, I would say the class kind of dictates that for me. The offensive tackle class is much more exciting at the top than the receiver class, in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, if you look at those two spots, which one is more important in a Patrick Mahomes offense, right? Like, is it is it is it maybe a luxury to to solidify that fifth spot in the line more than getting, you know, because they have just kind of a grab bag of receivers right now, and I'll let you talk about that. But is it more of a luxury to finish the line, or is it more of a luxury to kind of continue adding weapons to a, a quarterback that already has Travis Kelsey and and again, not the greatest bunch of receivers, but you know, some playmakers? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think they're in such a better spot than in twenty one where they needed probably a starter or two on the O-line and they needed, you know, last season when they needed a starter or two in the secondary, you know, now it's kind of like with that first pick, I think you you laid it out there. They need a tackle or a wide receiver probably to come in and make an impact. And I think that that, that creates a situation where they don't have to be too desperate about what they take, right? Jawan Taylor being much more um, flexible as far as wanting to play right or left tackle helps them too, because whatever tackle they come to, they don't have to worry about what side of the, the line, a line of scrimmage he plays. That's helpful as well. Um, I think they do need to get depth at both the offensive line and wide receiver. I think if you say to me, okay, I need Lucas Nyang. I need, uh, you know, Prince Tego Wanogo. I need, um, you know, one of those two guys to work out. I'm going to be like, well, Mahomes can kind of do his thing. If I need one of those two guys and a first round tackle to work out, I like that gamble, right? Like, cause I can pick the best guy and it's a, it's an or situation wide receiver. It's like you got the first, you know, first day at Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, you know, Kadarius, Tony, you'd like to add, I think a little bit to that, even though Justin Watson uh, and Richie James are NFL yeah. receivers, you know, they provide depth. You, you could use another player in that situation in the event then you're sort of saying, okay, because this offense is really hinged on two things. Can Kadarius Tony stay healthy? Can Sky Moore um, elevate his play after one season, right? I think Valdez Scantling showed in the title game he can do some of the stuff that Juju does, but I don't think, like, you really want to bank on that for a whole season. So my, my question is, okay, you want those th- two things to happen. What if you threw Zay Flowers in and said, I need Kadarius Tony or Zay Flowers or uh, Sky Moore I need two out of those three. Like that's a much better gamble. Uh, and, and that's again, why throwing numbers at the position is so important. Um, and, and, and why, you know, for example, in the chief secondary last year, they needed Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson. And in the title game, they needed both, but for most of the season, they needed an, or, and what's funny is that when you make those kind of gambles, oftentimes it's the weaker of the two in terms of capital that ends up working out with Watson uh, being the guy ahead of Williams. Yeah, that is, that is funny how that, that usually works out like that. I think you're right there. Um, but yeah, that's where it's, it is kind of a pretzel at the top of the class for me. Um, because I think really those are the two, you know, prominent positions. Again, I mentioned they're an offensive team, you know, they could take a defensive lineman. I don't think that'd be a bad idea. Um, and maybe that's where we can transition to, to asking you here. Cause I, I do think they need someone um, as an upgrade over Derek Nottie, um next season. They brought him back. Um, I don't hate it because you do need bodies in there, right? They only have him and Byron Cowart right now as, as, as legitimate NFL guys and legitimate's a, a kind of a stretch there. Um, so if they were to kind of maybe, uh, you know, prioritize, not prioritize, but maybe just want to grab that one tech, that nose tackle type um, that kind of plays next to Chris Jones on, on the early downs. That's a pretty, it's not the most valuable position, right? Uh, you know, I, I and, and it's so it's one of those things where like, you know, in your analytics research and your data research, like, you know, how, how high would you take a guy that kind of almost 
is only that. I mean, obviously, you know, a guy like Keanu Benton to me from Wisconsin is someone that can develop into a little more than just a nose tackle. Um, but there's some guys in this class that could be really good nose tackles. But like, to you know, how high is that actually worth, right? Yeah. Taking in the class, right? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, like, there's you know, Mozzie Smith was right around even money to go in the mm-hmm. first round. The guy from Michigan, uh, you know, th- look, I think if used properly, a nose tackle can be worth a back half of the first round pick just because it changes the numbers. There's an article on PFF that I wrote a long time ago, kind of called interior defensive lines matter. And it looked at like, when you have a a really good run stopping nose tackle, you can play lighter boxes. And so you can stop the pass on early downs or force the other team or entice the other team to run on early downs. And like, as long as you're not getting freight trained on those early down runs and you pick, you get in a lot of third downs and that's kind of, where you want to be like the name of the game in, in defensive football is getting the third down. I know we, we think third downs, the money down, but if you can stop teams on early downs, then, it, then you get into the casino and you're, and you're the sports book and the offense is the, is the better. And like, so I think a defensive tackle gets you there. Now, Nadi has been pretty bad for two years, you know, objectively speaking. And, and, you know, even the Super Bowl season where I thought Nadi was pretty good, that Mike Pinnell was a guy that, that really helped them there. Um, so you know, I, I think that they need that. I think, you know, Charles Amenahu is a great addition as well, but he's going to be playing inside, I think, in a lot of pass downs. So I don't think defensive end or edge is out of the question at, in the late round picks, as, mm-hmm. or sorry, in the late part of the first round as well. So I think all of that, and that stems from the fact that, you know, if you don't get the offensive player you want early, you trust that your, you know, half a million, half a billion dollar quarterback um, yeah. can overcome an offensive line with four good players and a wide receiving core with three NFL players um, better than you can hope that he overcomes a bad defense. Like that, that to me is the, is the gamble that you make. If you go up and get a guy, you know, a Will McDonald or a, a Felix from, you know, Kansas state or something like that. Now those guys might be available um, in the, or they might have to move up for them. I, I think the chiefs chances of moving up are lower this year because, you know, this whole podcast has been about, they could use one of four or five positions and there are, there are, there are players of those positions that'll fall to them. Yeah, and and I and I think you know Veach has always talked about it, but the hot spots in drafts. I mean, I think this year especially, you know, it, it, once you get after that top ten, top twelve ish prospects, you know, it may not be worth trading up for anybody. Um, and you know, there's a lot of guys in the second round that could be comparable to guys in the first round. But I'll but I'll 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 ask you this too, because cornerback is one of those positions that, as someone that's evaluating this class, I kind of just ignored a lot of this offseason um, because. You know, hey, they have a lot of cornerbacks in house, and and they drafted a lot of them last year. And there's so many other needs on this team, but at the same time, it's cornerback is such an important position. And mm-hmm. you know, it is probably silly to just say, "Hey, Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams looked good last year. We're good." Um, so, what do you? Would it be crazy to, for you to see them go corner as as early as day one, or maybe day two to be more realistic? Would you think that's crazy? No, I wouldn't. And, and you know, Legarius needs on the last year of his rookie deal. Like, yes. you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there. Emmanuel Forbes is a guy who, uh, if you looked at the betting markets today, opened a small favorite to go in round one is now off the board. So I think that people realize that steam. He's going high. You have Porter, you have uh, Banks. And then, of course, the top guys, I don't think the Chiefs will ever touch um, in, in Gonzalez and uh, um, Witherspoon. But the yeah, to me, I think like, like, yeah, that's that's on the table, too. If he's like and the Chiefs are famous for like, you know, they talked about this on the athletic last year, only having so many first round guys on their board. Um, if the last first round guy on their board is a corner like and they're not able to trade out, like I think that 
the well, and I think they're less likely to trade out too because the the draft is in Kansas City. I think that they'll they'll probably they could take a corner. Yeah, I don't think anything's off the board other than like interior offensive line, running back. Hopefully, they learn from the Edwards Alaire fiasco. Um, it, yeah, I don't even think tight ends off the board, even though I wouldn't advise yeah. them to take one. Yeah, and and I will I would ask you about tight end, but I think that's that's the point too. There is is I don't think it's off the board. I mean, you you look last year. I mean, you're talking about an offense that played heavier personnel, 12, 13 personnel more than pretty much anybody in the league. It seemed yep. like at least they had the most success out of it. Maybe yeah, not the most quantity, but yeah. So okay, so let me hit you with some quick over unders uh, as we get to the to end of your segment here. Um, I, I think I know the answer to this because you've kind of already hinted at it. But if the the Chiefs' first pick to be over under 30 and a half over under on that what do you think 30 and a half so they pick at 31 so yeah, basically what up, they whether or not they trade up it i'll i'll go over uh, i think it's right. a little bit more than 50 percent, but i'm not confident in that pick yeah and and you mentioned how like you don't see them moving back because they're in kansas city i think there's some truth to that veach kind of talked today how he was like hey you know i that, i said that last year this year it's all off the table i could trade back um you talked about that today um, and so maybe that goes into this next one picks made by the chiefs over under six and a half. They currently, I, I, I have 10 down. It could be 11. I, I know it's been kind of confusing with the comp picks, um, but picks made by the Chiefs six and a half. And the six and a half number comes from the fact that Veach before the 2022 draft made six picks in each of his drafts kind of as a sweet spot for him. Do you see them trading around enough to get all the way down to, to like a six number? What do you think? No, not at all. I, I think, um, I, I think, um, the they keep i think they get at least eight picks okay yeah and 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 that makes sense you make one or two trades you're there uh wide receivers taken by the chiefs over under one and a half because they're going to take one right yeah um over i think they take two and then there's more of a general run here qbs to be taken in the first round are you a hendon hooker believer on under 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 and and it's a good price for under minus 132 i think on fanduel um Look, look, the history of the draft is littered with us trying to talk ourselves into the last quarterback. But you think about, you know, 2018, we talked about Mason Rudolph and like Lamar Jackson almost made it out of the first round. 2019, we had, you know, Haskins fell to 15, Locke fell to 42. 2020, Jordan Love fell to 26. 2021, Fields fell to 11. Uh, Mac Jones fell to 15. And the last year, obviously, you know, yeah, Pickett fell to 20 and everybody else fell off the face of the earth. So I think um, everybody, you know, we, we saw early in the in the cycle, you know, you, the Browns trading up for Brady Quinn and like Brandon Whedon and Manziel and the Vikings trading up for Bridgewater. And like they were all saying, oh, we want that fifth year option. Um, but no one really does that. I, I, you know, it's not as much of a, of a play anymore. Yeah, no, I, I, last year was the biggest reality check in that sense because I think, you, yeah, I mean, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, I mean, all these guys were getting that, okay, end of the first round maybe because, you know, yeah. someone wants to take a chance on him. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good point. Hey, Prospect. We have other prospects. Prospect of the week. All right, well, let's get you out of here on this, Eric. You're a Chiefs fan. Uh, prospect of the week. Uh, every week we try to pick one prospect that, that could possibly p- be picked by the Chiefs. Eric, do you have a player you want to throw out here? Uh, my favorite player in the draft is Zay Flowers, and I think that the Chiefs have a legitimate chance of drafting him. I know his over-under in FanDuel is 22 and a half, um, but uh, it, quarterbacks fall, wide receivers tend to fall. Last year we had a little bit of a – uh, of an interesting situation with Olave going higher than we expected, Jahan Dotson, who I really like, going higher. 
than we expected. Even a guy like Traylon Burks went higher than we expected. But then, you know, after pick 18, there was kind of a, a steady, you know, hollowing out of that position until we got to Christian Watson. So um, previous drafts, you saw Lamb, Ruggs, um, and Jefferson and guys like that all going later. I think uh, the Johnstons, the JSNs, and the Flowers of the world, uh, even Jordan Addison. Like, I, I don't even think Jordan Addison gets picked in the first round. I think that um, I think that the Chiefs have a real chance of getting Zay Flowers. Well, you're you're speaking, you're you're preaching to the choir here. I love me some Zay Flowers. It was really cool to see him work out with Patrick Mahomes down in Texas. We'll see if that means anything. Um, but yeah, big Zay Flowers guy on the pod here. So awesome. Well, Eric, really appreciate you joining, man. Um, why don't you just let the people know uh, kind of where they can find you, where they can follow you? Because I, you're one of the you're one of my favorite Twitter follows, especially just be, you know you being a Chiefs fan, you put out some great data uh, uh, and all the you know all that. So let the people know. Well, Ron, that means a lot. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, so sumersports.com is 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 where you know a lot of our stuff uh, is right now. We have an article right now with the market inferred mock. I talked about why no one's traded for DeAndre Hopkins yet. Of course, my Chiefs fandom is sort of there as well. Um, every Monday and Wednesday, we have the Sumer Sports Show with myself and Thomas Mitroff, uh, which uh, you can find on YouTube and any other podcast platform. Uh, Thursday next week uh, at seven thirty Eastern, Thomas and myself are going to be doing a live stream of the draft. So you're going to get a former general manager uh, talking to a mathematician about uh, NFL draft live. So that should be pretty fun. And we're looking forward to that. So, uh, and then, as you said, chief stuff, red, gold, and bold is every Tuesday night, myself, Saran Petro and Jeff Tadia, who I think gets too bad of a rap in Kansas city, uh, even though he uh, he's when he's negative about the chiefs, he's generally wrong, but that's just because the chiefs are great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyone negative about the Chiefs is, is, is generally wrong uh, lately. Yeah. So uh, there you go. No, that's, that's one of my favorite pods to listen to now. So really appreciate you joining, man. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you next time you're around. Thanks for having me on. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.